0: Richard's sisters, Robin and Dawn, contacted law enforcement and filed a missing persons report with a local police department. Police not only conducted a physical search for Richard, but they used cadaver dogs and drones to help aid in their search. Their search was unsuccessful. Richard had made an unfortunate decision to drink and drive and was incarcerated for one month in jail prior to his disappearance. Once he was released, he went to his friend's trailer where his belongings were, things like clothing, his wallet, and identification. But when he arrived, he soon learned that his things were missing and an argument ensued. Richard left, calling his friend to pick him up. The story about what occurred afterwards becomes unclear. Richard's friend has told varying stories about what happened that evening from Richard insisting he be dropped off in a cornfield because he was being followed. To his friend stopping at a cornfield. This friend's stories are not only inconsistent but nonsensical.
1: I called uh, Gray County Jail where he was last where he was last at, and um, you know I inquired about it and I told them what I knew and that he was missing.
0: I read that. There, his friend dropped him off in a cornfield, and then he walked into the cornfield. But after previous conversations with you, you had mentioned that that probably wasn't the case. And I'm wondering if you could sort of elaborate on that.
1: Like I said, the, the initial story, that because he was the last person that was seen with my brother. My brother was with him um, in his car had used his phone to call me the day he got out of jail. So the day he got out of jail was the day he went missing. Um, and um, so was telling me all about what they had done, how they went over to see about getting his um, his things at the place where he was last staying, and that they called the police on him. And so they left, and that he said that... Um, that he had had some drugs that um, in his glove box, and then they went to a gas station. And while he was in the gas station, he thinks that my brother, you know, took the drugs. Um, so that was, you know, kind of a, a red flag to me when he started to say something about like alluding to that my brother was doing some drugs, and um, and then he said. That they were driving along and then uh, they, somebody was following them on this road. It was like a country road. And that my brother said, Pull over and then come back in 10 minutes and pick me up. And he said, He pulled over and my brother ran off into a cornfield. But when he came back, there was my brother, was nowhere to be found. My brother's son was the first one to hear any story whatsoever. I was the next person to hear the story. And, um, and then, of course, um, his story would change over time. Each time you talked to him, it was a little different. Something was different about it. I, you know, I at one point had even come right out and asked him and said, Well, you know, didn't my brother like overdose or something and you just didn't know what to do? And he's like, No, no. And I'm like, Okay. So, um, given some of the other stories, parts that he came up with over time and how he kept changing things, then I started thinking, like, okay well um you know maybe he did purposefully do something or maybe he was in cahoots with some people who did something and then i started you know thinking of all these other things and then when the police investigated the cornfield on foot by air um just there was no evidence that anybody had been in the cornfield so Then we started to think, well, that was just a ruse to to take everybody off the real track of where he really was.
0: So when the police went out there to do a search on foot, Uh obviously Uh they didn't see any tracks, which would be indicative of no one being there. Therefore, the Uh police probably looked at this as suspicious. Uh Uh
1: Uh-huh.
0: So is it fair to say that at this point, this missing person's case is suspicious?
1: I've spoken directly to both the initial investigators, and I keep in contact with the Kansas Bureau of Investigation investigator, and I have said to them all, you know, this is what we suspect, that our brother was murdered, and... You know, we, we suspect this person or this person was involved. We suspect that the story that was told was just to make you look elsewhere. And they agreed with everything I said. They said that's exactly what we believe too.
0: So it's been about a year. Yes, it was a year. It was my first. Since he's been missing. And I know missing persons cases often take a very long time to investigate. It sounds to me like if the police are agreeing with what you're saying, they must have some sort of evidence to back it up, which sounds to me like it could be reassuring.
1: The only evidence that, we're, that we've been told is that the, the guy that he was with and the guy that lived on the property where they were staying have both been brought in for questioning and lie detectors, and they both have shown deception on the lie detectors.
0: So I wanted to talk about the lie detectors because I know that lie detectors sometimes may give false positives or false negatives, depending on whether a person has some mental health issues such as anxiety Or if a person is on some sort of illegal substance, like, let's say, drugs, was that a possibility, or were they pretty sure that this lie detector test was actually pretty accurate?
1: Well, what they verbally told me was that they, from the get-go, knew that this guy was not telling the truth, even before the lie detector. And yes, it's a possibility that the one that he was with that dropped him off could have been under the influence or have some kind of mental something going on. He doesn't seem like a very stable individual to me. Um, the other, the other person, I don't know whether he was a drug user or I don't think so, but that I don't know him. So, And there's also a number of other people, too, that that were suspect, but that they haven't, as far as we know, they haven't given them any lie detector tests. Why, we don't know. but um, Because at one point, they weren't giving us any information at all. And I asked um, asked Robin to ask him this question that all I want to know is, do they have suspects? And do they have any kind of evidence? And the answer came back was yes to both, right, Robin? Yeah, I think he told me that they just said yes.
0: So tell me about that night. So you had mentioned that they did a search on foot. Were there any usage of drones or cadaver dogs, uh, any Hilo flights?
1: They said, they told me that there was... they had searched by foot they had searched with dogs and they had searched with drones multiple times in multiple areas
0: multiple areas around the cornfield or in larger areas
1: around the cornfield because there are many cornfields out there i mean that's pretty much all there is out there so they searched. All of the adjacent cornfields. Like we're, you know, if it wasn't this cornfield, maybe it was this one. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they did a broad search. What,
0: what date did they did they do those searches?
1: I couldn't tell you the date. I know that there were more more than one date.
0: Okay.
1: Because um, the uh, I don't know which came first, the drones, the the foot, or the dogs, um, but there were, like I said, multiple searches at different times, um, and they went back, uh, they waited until the harvesting was going to happen to go back and search again, they had talked to the uh, local farmers that owned those fields, asked them to keep a lookout for things, and said, Um, Asked permission if it was all right for them to come back when the harvest when they were going to harvest the field to go with them to search again. Which they did and still found nothing. There was another thing too that we kind of skipped over. That was the night that I had called um, to report my brother missing when they had me call um, uh, Gray County. The guy that I talked to, I, I believe his name was Jim, but uh, he, he went that night out to that particular field and looked around out there, you know, to see any, if he saw any evidence at that time. Of course, it was nighttime, but to see if he'd seen any evidence of anything out there and he didn't at that, that particular night. So that was the very first time they ever went out there and did anything. Okay. Was the night I called in, which was about, like I said, three days after he actually went missing.
0: When we had previous conversation, you had mentioned that um, when your when Richard got out of of jail because he had spent a month in jail. Can you um, go into more detail about that?
1: Well, um, Richard had called me um when he got out of jail twice the first time he asked me if i could find out if from his girlfriend i'm sorry from his girlfriend um uh, if i if she knew where his stuff was and so i called her mother to find out if he you know and then she said that she had told her that she had taken it and dropped it off at the police station. So I called when he called me back. I told him that, and he said, "Well, they said she, it wasn't there. That she never brought it." And I said, "Okay. Well, then the only thing you can do, I guess, is go back to where you were staying and see if it's there." And and then you know he just said, uh, "I love you." Tell Mom I love her. And that was the last time I talked to him. And then uh, from what I understand um, that they went directly to wherever he was calling me from but he was calling me on that guy's phone they went over there to see about his stuff and when he when they got there the people that ran the the buildings there um said that they didn't want him there and they they called the police because they didn't, they didn't want him on the property so him my brother and this guy, he was with. They left, and after that, nobody knows what really
0: happened. Why would the guy not want your brother on that property? The the people that owned it, because
1: um, I guess they felt like he was trouble or something. I, I you know because uh, he got arrested, and um, I I don't know exactly. You know, I mean, I don't really know outside of the fact that he he wasn't living up to his end of the bargain on the. Uh, the, you know, he was supposed to be doing some work with the owner of the property. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said before, he they were going to get kicked out of that property, that trailer they were living in and would have had to stay at the, um, the motel, which is still part of the property, which is where he went back to that. They said they didn't want the, the management at the motel is called the police. But then the guy turned around, the owner turned around and told him, no, 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 you don't have to leave right now. Just give it some time.
0: Oh, how strange. And they don't know
1: why. Yeah, nobody knows why he said that, but that's what he said. So they're like, oh, okay, oh, cool. We had some time, you know, whatever. He, he didn't give him any, any reason, rhyme, nothing. Just said, no, you don't have to go. Good. And that, that was like a little travel trailer type thing that they were staying in on his property. Okay. Which is part of the reason why I feel like that guy's involved, because he's the guy that everybody says basically owns that town. He's the guy with all the money in that town, and all to say so. And they and they've said we've heard people say that if you cross him, he'll you know, go missing. Which is really strange, isn't it?
0: Somebody knows something.
1: Yep. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So, so it's my understanding from what you just mentioned that your brother was asked to leave because they were going to be evicted from the trailer and the owner felt like he was trouble based on the fact that he went to jail for just really a short, short time.
1: Uh-huh. And knowing Richard, he probably was... You know, he, he could have come off... When he went to get his stuff, if they told him it wasn't there or whatever, he could have been angry. You know, maybe they felt like, well, we better get him out of here because he's mad. I don't know. But it also could have been I showed up and thought that I should be able to find my only belongings and all of, you know, everything I own, and you're being told it's not there, and you need to leave. Right. But there's another reason, too, why I think that maybe. Um, people thought he was troubled because his girlfriend had a habit of playing the victim and telling anybody who would listen, because she's done that with Robin, she's done that with me, and said all these things about Richard that, you know, seemed like they could very well be real, but my brother was like, you know, it's not, he, it, he, you know, it was like, who knew? Nobody's seen it happen, you know? And so she may have said things, you know, behind him, that made those people, you know, like him, thinking, thinking he was a lot worse of a person than he really was. And you know, maybe she, you know, did that to get empathy or whatever. You know, playing the victim. house some people just like that attention. And you know. Because every time she would tell us that, we'd be like, well, you know, that's why we would try to help her get away from him, but she never would. She would just go, no, you know, and she'd stay with him. So if it was that bad, you know, if the, as the things that she had said, then, you know, you would think. So, you know, that's also a possibility that she, you know, she caused some people to really ramp up their anger toward him, you know.
0: Sure. So... Was she accusing him of domestic violence? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. So it's plausible to say, you know, these people around her were trying to be protective and they got angry or whatever no, I, it was.
1: In she was gone when he got a... She wasn't in the state any longer.
0: Right, and I do remember yeah. you saying that. And really, that mm-hmm. I, I do think it's really important that we you know, let everybody know that these allegations are not, it's not, the, it's not been proven that that, right. that happened. So I don't right. want to to be um, smudging Richard's name when we don't.
1: I mean, he never, ever witnessed it. I, you know, I've seen them, you know, kind of yell at each other or whatever, but I've never seen him raise his hand to her you know it kind of was like in the air there for a while well maybe she had a hand in it because that guy that was um there's there's like three four people you know there's the guy that owns the land then there's a guy that, that lived on the property with his girlfriend who was an addict and a drunk and he was the guy that um helped my brother's girlfriend He's uh, sell the car he took her to wherever the airport or the train station i don't know what it was and he was the one that was supposedly supposed to hold the bag but ended up taking him to the dump so why was he so you know i mean i was like well maybe they were just trying to get her out of the picture so that when he got out of jail then he had nothing and no one want- Right. And then for a while we were thinking maybe she might have been involved in that, you know, um, knowing that he wouldn't have that or maybe she was unwitting in the whole thing, you know. Who knows? She never I, they never gave her a lie detector test. They they questioned her, but they felt that she wasn't a person of interest. Mm-hmm. So I don't know.
0: So have there been any there's just been those search and rescues, nothing else going forward, is that right?
1: Uh, at one time i want to say back in um may or june of this past year or of this year um i had made a call like i would frequently do to um the victim's advocate i was talking to both the victim's advocate of from that works with KBI and KBI Investigator, and I had spoken to the advocate one day, and I believe it was around June, and she had mentioned that she had heard that there was another more recent search. <clears throat> so that's why I had said to you earlier that there were multiple searches in multiple areas at different times. So why they had decided to go and search again at that time, I have no idea, because they don't. You know they're not forthcoming at all of any information. Um, at one point, um, the detective, main um, KBI detective, um, case had told me that um, he said, "I don't, I don't like the fact basically that I can't tell you anything, but I don't want to say anything that you know it, it may or may not be anything that could come back later on, like you know that I had said something to you that I shouldn't have."
0: Good for him, so he
1: yeah. he in what he would, uh, he like, uh, you know, I hate, I hate saying that I can't tell you anything, but there's nothing I can tell you because even even the slightest thing I might say could come back later to be something I should not have said. Sure. <clears throat> Which kind of makes me wonder, like, there must be something that maybe he would like to say that he can't, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Right. I wonder why you would choose those words like
0: that. Yeah. I, I'm 99% positive that's exactly what's going on. So, have you guys done any missing persons flyers to get the message out about Richard in the
1: community? Well, given that the fact that we're nowhere near Kansas, mm-hmm. um, no, I have the well the original flyer that you, you've seen it on Facebook, came about by one of the missing persons sites that I originally had searched and and mentioned him, and someone reached out to me and offered to make that flyer and did that for me. Mm, And that that is where KBI got their their flyer from. They pulled it offline from, from this guy who created it for the information I had. Did Um, you ever think Robin, uh, um, the KBI guy, when he went to Kansas City to look into that um, tip, say he put some flyers out or something? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, he has. So I'm assuming if he put them up there, he must have put them up locally as well. Just the other day when I spoke with KBI, he told me that, um, you know, I said I'm calling because it's been a year you know, is there anything at all? And he says, well, I've been thinking about it being a year and knowing that the year is coming up and uh, I was thinking about um, putting it back out into the local media and back on the social media as like a one-year follow-up kind of thing and possibly bringing that guy he was with back in for some further questioning to see if he's changed his story in any way. Um, and then the next thing I knew, <clears throat> I don't know if it was like two days ago, I got a call from, um, the victim's advocate saying that she knew that it had been posted that day, again, online on the KBI website and also released to the media again, the local media. Okay, good. Yeah, and we posted it on our Facebook pages and sometimes yeah, we post to, yeah, I copied it and, and posted it. And, Although it's, it's been on the, uh, it's been pasted on my Facebook page since day one of having the flyer made. It's been, um, you know, how you can tack it so it doesn't move away from your top post.
0: Are there any <laughs> tip lines so that if any listeners uh, know something, or is, are there tip lines that they can call? Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, there's the KBI number. Um, and we should so probably mention that KBI would be the Kansas Bureau of Investigations?
1: Yes, that's correct. Okay. And that number is contact the KBI at 1-800-KS-CRIME or the Meade County Sheriff's Office. And that number is 620 620- Eight seven three eight seven six five, or they could submit a tip online at www.kbi.ks.gov/sar.
0: So, um, is there anything that you want the public to know
1: that might help
0: find your brother?
1: Well, you know, I mean, if let's just say my brother was trying to hide. <laughs> Which, by now, that's pretty doubtful. But, you know, he would probably be living off the grid in some homeless camp or something. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, But just, people should keep an eye out, you know, for any possibility, I suppose, you know. I mean, it's, it's more than likely that, you know, I mean... The chance of him being alive is pretty slim, but you know. Yeah. He has a uh, tattoo of a tomahawk and feathers on his left shoulder.
0: He also had,
1: he also had some missing teeth. He was also the kind of person that you, you know, he would he would bend over backwards for it to do anything for anybody. He was very you know, he was he would talk to strangers, you know, and just be like you know helpful to them and,
0: If you have any information regarding this case, please contact the KBI at 1-800-KS-CRIME, the Meade County Sheriff's Office at 620-873-8765, or Gray County Sheriff's Office at 620-855-3916. Please share Richard's story so his family can bring him home. As always... Thank you for listening and be safe.